Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Simon Barrett, and this is another edition of the Week in Reviews, a chance to sit down one-on-one with someone in the entertainment business. My guest today is an author, and she has just released what, what I consider to be the best book I have read in a very, very long time. The subject matter might surprise you. Anyway, her name is Linda M. Frank. Uh, Linda, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Simon, for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. We have uh, talked um, before, uh, but our audience um, may not uh, know you, because it was some time ago. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, Simon, Uh, uh, and your audience, I was professionally for a very long time a teacher, And I found that in my teaching career, one of the most valuable uh, aspects of it was, in order to get concepts across to kids, was to make up stories. And I became a storyteller. I oftentimes just do not think of myself as a writer. I think of myself as a storyteller who types. And so that's how I got into writing my mystery series for young readers. And what grew out of that actually was the uh, ability to have my own TV show where I interview other authors because my books are self-published, and that enables me to um, get in touch with a lot of different authors. And so I have them on my TV show, and we talk about writing, publishing, and marketing. And also, because my uh, what I taught was science, particularly for forensic science, I have been able to uh, take that knowledge and make a series of lectures on topics in forensic science. And God knows, people love that CSI stuff. So that's been my life, writing these books, talking to authors, and lecturing. And I'm having a good time at it, I have, I have to say. Right. Now, let's, um, let's talk about your uh, new book. Um, okay. the, the title is Making a Mystery with Annie Tillery, the Madonna Ghost. Now, um, you and I go back, uh, I think, four, maybe five years, and the, the Madonna Ghost was... The, the first book you released. Um, yes. You've, you've revisited it. What have you done to it? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what has caused me to uh, write that book. Uh, I do a lot of book talks, and especially with young readers, because they, they are my audience. And they ask me very insightful questions about plot, character, and setting that those are the three elements of a book, and uh, if you write a story that's compelling, that's what people are curious about. So what I did was I compiled their questions, and I decided to go to the original book, The Madonna Ghost, 
and after each chapter, address some of the questions that these students ask. Uh, what, I, what I did was I talked about why I chose the setting of Fire Island, which is a, uh, just a big sandbar that is in great danger now with climate warming. Um, but it's an interesting place. It has a really fun history. I shouldn't say fun. It has an interesting history, bootlegging, piracy, shipwrecks, hurricanes, stuff like that. So, but that's all very interesting. And then also at the end of some chapters, I expanded the characters. I gave background to some of the characters, why they do what they do, and, and wrote them in the form of little stories about something that happened before the book that caused them to be part of the plot. And then I talked about, uh, I talked about the style of writing and the art of writing and how things just come together in a story. So uh, almost every chapter in that book has an expansion to it. And also what I did was I included for teachers, because I really thought that this would be a, a wonderful book for someone who was teaching a literacy course, a liter I'm sorry, a literature course, uh, to, to talk about Here's a book, here's a story, and this is what the author says about it. So what I did was I put in a writing activity so that even if uh, a young reader, and a, a lot of young readers like to write as well, so they could take that writing assignment and they could go with it and write their own sort of Bendatigo story. I put in some websites, I put in book discussion questions, so this becomes really a teaching tool and also for people who really like books and like book, how a book is put together. This is something that's uh, interesting to them, I think. Oh, I, I think the idea is wonderful. In, in, in fact, I'll, I'll take it one stage further. I, I could actually see this book um, being used in, let's say, a... Um, you know, community college, um, night school uh, class. You know, people that, that want to learn about uh, the the art and science of writing, because believe you me, it is an art and it's also a science. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would 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 you agree with that uh, comment? It'd be good for a night school class? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I am in the process of uh, attending various organizations here on Long Island that uh, are peopled by uh, English teachers. Uh, one of them is called LILAC, which I really like, Long Island Language Arts uh, Council, and uh, <laughs> there's National Reading Council. These are all teacher organizations, and I am in the process of doing presentations for them and also getting in touch with some of my friends who do teach at community colleges to see if they'd be interested in using these books. So whenever I get the opportunity to speak to a teacher who I think might uh, – uh, the idea might be sit well with them, then uh, I, I, I do pursue it because I agree with you. That is uh, actually that was some, one of my objectives. <laughs> so I'll chalk up good guess by Simon. <laughs> <laughs> You're very insightful, Simon. <laughs> and I, actually, I, I want to ask a favor of you. 
I I have a good friend who uh, is a college librarian and um, uh, also a uh, a great book lover. Would you uh, Would you mind if I uh, shared this book with him? No, I wouldn't mind it. In fact, I would uh, greatly appreciate it. And uh, if you want to give me some contact information, I can also send him some information, and I'll tell you a little secret, which is not too much of a secret anymore, is I'm taking the other three books from the series and doing the same thing. I'm, oh, I'm you know, expanding them. Yes, I, I've already done Fairy Chimneys, and the next one will be Girl with Pencil Drawing. But there's... All of my books have such an interesting background that, and it's hard to put it. When you when you write for young readers, you have to write a page turner. You, if you write for adults, you could put in lots and lots of detail, and a, and an avid reader loves all of that detail. But kids, you have to. It's really an art to put in enough detail to really kind of teach them without boring them. And so I have all this extra information that I'd like to, uh, you know, impart to them, and that's what I'm doing with these books. That that sounds uh, wonderful, to uh, say the least. Um, Oh, forgotten my uh, train of thought there for a second. Um, uh, Your friend in in uh, college. Right, I, 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 I think uh, I, I think Sam would um, really enjoy talking to you. I mean, he interacts oh, with uh, hmm. he en- interacts with young adults uh, on a daily basis. Quite frankly, how he uh, uh, manages to avoid strangling them um, <laughs> beats me. But I, I, I guess. You know, teachers are special. <laughs> well, we have a gene. There's a gene that enables you to somehow meet on some psychic level with that age group. <laughs> I can't describe it any other way. I actually like them. <laughs> so many people think that they're you know, obnoxious and obstreperous and all the other adjectives you want to put to them, but they're really... What you, what a teacher sees in them is this budding adult, this this nascent intellect, and you, if you if you really can draw them into what you're teaching, you you really get to see something that's going to happen that's very good, and and that's that's the draw for teachers. I have worked with um, a, a number of uh, young adult authors, or I guess that could be taken the wrong way, um, authors that write uh, young adult uh, books. Um, mm-hmm. th- th- there is a certain style. I, I may be uh, completely off base here, but uh, you, you mentioned it. You've got to keep the plot line moving. Uh-huh. I mean, that there are uh, adult, many adult books that that I've read where the, the plot goes to sleep for uh, fifty or sixty pages, 
you know, <laughs> while while the author describes some boring event. You can't do that with a YA um, novel. The, no, because you you have to tie them down to make them read to begin with. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> the the other thing, and it's a it's a really frivolous thing. Um, food. YA books are always fixated on food, whether it be full meals or just snacks. Um, I, I'd love to get your comment on that. Yes, that's true. In fact, uh, um, I always make sure that my main character, Annie Tillery, she's always hungry. She's always hungry, and I try as best as I can um, to describe meals. And I made her aunt, who she lives with, uh, who is a New York City police detective, I've made her a fabulous cook. So they're always sitting down to some wonderful meal. There's, there's always one great family or friend group meal, and I think that's – because I – and part of the reason why I do that is not so much for the food aspect as it is for the social aspect. I like to show how nice it is for a group of people to sit down and have a wonderful meal and talk to each other. So, because I think sometimes that's a lost art, too. Um, there's a lot of educating you can do through entertainment, through entertaining books or TV shows or whatnot, in order to, um, how shall I say, expand the culture that we live in. Uh, because there are, there are some families that um, they don't, I, I don't know how to explain this, but they are really not careful about inculcating cultural mores as far as, uh, I think, mostly uh, etiquette are, is concerned. And uh, so I try to do that. I, I can't get the teacher out of me. I just can't. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Um, how do how do you market to a, a YA audience? Well, that marketing when you are uh, a self-published author is really a full-time job. But I must say that I have several friends who either use small press or they are traditionally published. And unless you're a famous person, you end up doing most of your marketing. So the way I do it, and um, it's, it, it's been, I would say, fairly successful because I'm a one-man or one-woman show, is I belong to an organization called uh, Long Island Children's Writers and Illustrators, and we bring a book fair for free to any school that is interested in having us. And so we always have maybe... 15 to 25 authors who come. It's a nighttime event, so the parents can come, and um, the children and the parents can talk to the uh, authors and buy the books and get an autographed copy and ask any question they want about um, writing and being an author. And uh, so that works out very well for me, too. And then I also do crafts fairs, and that works out well, too. So between those two uh, venues, I am able to sell a goodly number of books, plus the fact that I have the TV show. And I am the producer of the show, but I'm also most of the time the host. And so uh, being the host, uh, 
the credits run, and of course the credits are that I write these books. And I, and of course in my conversations with authors, I will talk about my uh, my books as well and how I write. So, and it's on YouTube, as is everything else in the world. But <laughs> it's on YouTube, and so I advertise that. I use social media to advertise the things that I do. I try to get myself into the local papers. And, uh, in fact, I will be doing another, like, uh, uh, interview like this, but it's a, uh, a short TV show. It's a short TV spot that's local here. And I I really find that staying local um, helps me because I'm a known quantity here. And uh, Long Island has a uh, a pretty big population and a population that's very interested in education. So I do well here. Uh, if I ever got the chance to expand, I would. But uh, right now, this works very well for me. That is splendid. Um, you're on YouTube. <laughs> As you said, everything's on YouTube. Um, do, do you have a YouTube channel? Where, where can people Yes, I have find a channel, it? and it's it, yeah, it's my name, Linda Maria Frank. It's not Linda Frank. It's Linda Frank's another author. Um, I that's why I use my middle name, which is Maria, uh, because I have to differentiate myself from all the other Linda Franks in the world. But that's my channel, and uh, I've interviewed probably close to 200 authors now. I've been doing this for eight years. And uh, the way I advertise it is if you're interested in books to read or books to write, writing or reading, this is a good show to watch. There's a lot of good advice. Um, on the subject of uh, writing, wh where do you get your initial idea from? Um, you know, you know I'll, I'll go back to uh, the uh, Madonna ghost. Um, how did that? How did that gel? Okay, um, when I decided that I was going to write a mystery book, um, I thought about what kind of a mystery book did I want to write, and I thought, well, a ghost story is really the best mystery story that I can think of to start off with, and then I had to pick. Uh, a venue. Uh, I used to own a sailboat, and so I would sail across the bay with my husband, and uh, we would spend quite a bit of time on Fire Island. And uh, I also did volunteer work at the lighthouse on Fire Island, so I knew quite a bit of the history. And I thought, what a great place to have a mystery. And also, Fire Island is a place that even now, although I, uh, the Coast Guard is pretty active there, smuggling goes on. For a while, there was a lot of drug smuggling, but also in the age of terrorism, we think in terms of other things being smuggled in. So I thought, this is like the perfect venue. It's a vacation spot. I can introduce the boyfriend. Uh, there can be this lovely little romance, uh, and also we can talk about the history of Fire Island, and of course one of the main characters in this book is a woman by the name of Alice D'Elia, and she is a local historian, which makes uh, bringing history to the forefront very easy, and she's also uh, a ghost hunter. So seeing the ghost becomes something that's a little bit scientific, a little bit historic, 
and a little scary. So I thought these these elements mixed all together are fun. This was something that was really familiar to me. And I didn't really have to do much in the way of research because the sailing scenes, I knew how to sail. Um, I was familiar with the forensic aspects from teaching it for m- close to 20 years. So it just just gelled. It was beautiful. I wanted to capture what it was like to fall in love the first time. There's a lot of things that um, working with teenagers, these are the kinds of things you think about. You think about that first romance, that first adventure, um, the relationship between boys and girls. Um, yeah, it was. It, it, that one just gelled. It just fell into place. And uh, this is a question that I get from a lot of my students is, where do you get your ideas from? And my, you know what my answer is? One day you are daydreaming and you are staring out the window and the person across the street is dragging their garbage can out to the curb and all of a sudden two brain cells collide and an idea happens. Because I can't describe, I can't explain it any other way. I think that the brain is a filing cabinet and you're always storing things and storing things and storing things. And eventually those things come together and they give you a really nice idea um i i don't think it uh spoils the the plot any um if i was to say um the annie's um aunt uh uh-huh. jill um uh-huh. you you've mentioned her she's a uh, police officer uh or a detective i think um uh-huh. now um not too much is said about uh Annie's mother and father. The father I I believe it works for the state department and uh is gone on, um is out of the country a, a lot of the time. So yes. effectively Aunt Jill is um the surrogate um, mother. Um, why did you um, decide on that twist rather than rather than have uh, her her father be uh, more involved in the book? Well, actually, both parents are involved in the book in a different way. Her mother has a problem with alcoholism and drug addiction which is not uncommon in American families today. Uh, there are many students, having, having taught those many years, there are many, many students whose families are plagued with addiction problems. So I decided to put that in because I wanted to make Annie not so much like Nancy Drew, who was so perfect in so many ways, um, although she didn't even have a mother. Her mother had died uh, at some times, but I didn't want to make the parents I want I wanted to bring this into the modern era and I wanted Annie to have to face some uh personal problems as well as uh having mystery and adventure and danger. Um so the mother the mother being an alcoholic also makes a link between her and Ty because this is not a secret but Ty's father they go to visit him during the book in a mental institution because he is uh 
an alcoholic who uh, is brain damaged from his alcoholism. And um, Ty's mother dies in a fire because of uh, his father. So that's a link between them, and they get to really discuss that problem. The father, uh, Annie's father, Randall, works for the State Department, and I thought this was really uh, another problem, the absentee father who's always working, uh, that kids have to deal with and, and come to terms with. But also, he becomes, just like Aunt Jill, a source for Annie if she has, you know, if she comes across a somebody who has to be checked out or uh, a clue that needs to be followed up on, then she has the New York City Police Department and the State Department to fall back on, which makes, I think, the story more interesting. It may be a little, you know, she obviously can't go to the police department and say, hey, I've got a clue, want to do something with this, but she can go through her aunt. Or her aunt, as you like to say, and I like that better, actually. <laughs> I, I just knew you would have the the complete answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did write the book. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. But every, everything um, in the book, no, nothing really was was you know just there for the sake of being there. I had a I had a motivation for every character and for everything that they did. And then in Making a Mystery with Annie Tillery, the book that you uh, have so kindly reviewed, we give a little background of Ty and his relationship with his father, which I think is also um, very interesting, especially. I had a a mother tell me, uh, because I did a um, book discussion um, session with a bunch of, I guess they were maybe eighth-grade girls, and their mothers were there. And one of the mothers said to me, your description of Ty's father, the alcoholic, when they go to visit him in the institution, she said, it's spot on. So uh, that made me very happy. (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) scary. Well, (laughs) yes. (laughs) But it's life. It's real life. Yes, it it is, and uh, I I admire you for um, taking these issues um, uh, in a head-on way. You know, lots of uh, authors probably would have uh, preferred to skirt around the um, the issue, you know, in fear of uh, upsetting someone. Hey. Let's move on to uh, a a brighter subject. Let's do some shameless commercialization. Um, Where can people buy this fine book and all of your other fine books? Um, I have an Amazon page. All you have to do is, uh, in the drop-down menu, go to books and then put my name in. But it has to be Linda Maria Frank, M A. R-I-A. It has to be the middle name, otherwise you get other authors. And they're all there, and I have an author's page. So there are book trailers on the author's page um, and other information, um, probably some blogs. I also do a blog. Um, I'm doing one now called Forensic Trivia, which I uh, advertise on my Facebook page. The Facebook page is uh, Annie Tillery Mysteries or Linda Maria Frank. If you look for any of those, you'll find me. I have three Facebook pages. But um, 
Yeah, I pretty much stick to forensic science. It's been a gold mine for me, actually. So, um, but that's where you can find me. I'm on Amazon. I'm also on Barnes and Noble, and um, and you can go to my website, which is just lindamariafrank.com, and click on the book, and it takes you right to Amazon. So it's it's very easy. I'd I'd like to um, end this program. Uh, on the subject of developing characters. I I I think this is a truly, truly uh, interesting subject. A couple of years ago, a friend of mine was working on a, a, a movie treatment, and he asked me to uh, develop a, a, a character. Yeah, and... and when he when he asked me, I thought, "Well, how difficult can that be?" You know, uh-huh. <laughs> it, it, I, I actually found it quite uh, challenging. Um, you, you, you've you've got to get uh, almost inside their head. You know? Oh, absolutely. How would how would they react to X, Y, or Z? Um, what what's their what what's their history? In, in uh-huh. fact, at one point, I, I I felt a bit like I was working for the CIA, you know, developing a cover story, you know, for some spy. <laughs> how, how do you? Well, I I, I think that um, the easy answer is to say that you know people. And lots of your characters can be based on the people you know. But I think that a book is very successful if the reader falls in love with the character or or hates the character. You have to have some emotional reaction to the character. And what I find is that I'll come up with a character. Um, I come up with characteristics for that character that will be important to the plot. And then what I try to do is get into their head and talk, and and make them talk make them talk about what's going on in their head and if you do it with a little humor that helps and also if you are making bad guys i find bad guys easy to write about but it's also good to have something good in the bad guy because that makes for a more complex character i mean i have some characters who are just bad but then some of the characters are are uh, bad with some good in them and uh people ask me is annie you meaning me is you know have i created annie as a character but it's really me and my answer is always annie is the teenager i would have loved to have been <laughs> so but get into their head you know do you know the head talk that you do to yourself all the time uh, right. I live alone, so of course I, I'm always talking to myself. So, but if you if you put that in the dialogue, you know, in that kind of thought process that goes on with characters, I think it makes them very interesting. Uh, I, I I thought the way you introduced the uh, three main characters in uh, in your latest book was. Really, really uh, well done. You, you essentially um, gave a chapter to uh, each of them. Um, yes. 
So you 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 got the reader up to speed quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, some authors, you know, drag it out, drag it out. <laughs> In fact, maybe you don't even get the whole character in book one um and and i'm i i i'm sure that that's partially true of you because you know uh in your other books you um you know you you have subtle uh, development um it, was that a, a conscious um uh move on your behalf let the subtle development the character early Oh no! I, that was intentional. I wanted I wanted Annie especially to be the star, and I wanted people to really know her and to be sympathetic with her. In uh, the Madonna Ghost, I mean, she trips over the bike and hurts a leg, and she's crying, and and uh, she's so to me, she's so real. Uh, even the very first scene on the ferry dock, when uh, the, the little child drops the ice cream cone on her foot. I mean, they're just little things that she reacts to, and I wanted I wanted her to be this really sympathetic character that you you just like this girl, and uh, you would go anywhere with her. So I did that on purpose, and of course, Ty is the perfect boyfriend. Having worked with teenage girls all my life, teenage girls can make very bad choices, and I wanted to show them. <laughs> The boyfriend should be your best friend first, and then you can have a romance. And and Jill, of course, she's the stabilizing force, but she's also a big part of the plot. So you had to know her, too. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Linda, this has been delightful. I'm looking at the clock. We've uh, already run over um, for... Ah, I do that all the time. Um, Me too. So, yep, I want to really thank you for uh, taking time out to uh, talk to me today, and uh, I'll give our uh, I'll give our listeners a little um, into. I'll let let our listeners into a little secret. There's our fourth book. And the review will be coming out on Friday. And uh, Linda will be back soon to uh, discuss it. So, Linda, thank you so much. Thank you, Simon. uh, Until next time, this is Simon Barrett wishing everyone a happy, healthy, and safe week. We'll be back again soon with another edition of the Week in Reviews. Till then, goodbye. Are we off? I guess we are.